I'm Pastor Brian Paulson, and this is The Message. Thank you for listening here in Libertyville, in Lake County, or around the world. Center your heart now with the prayer for illumination, listen deeply to Holy Scripture, and then let God's Word speak to you today through the message delivered by our interim associate pastor, the Reverend Nicole Farley. Please join me in prayer. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. The first scripture reading for today is from Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Six days you may work and do all your tasks, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it, not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your animals, or the immigrant who is living with you. Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them in six days, but rested on the Sabbath on the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Our second reading comes from the 25th chapter of Leviticus, verses 1 through 12. Listen for a word from God. The Lord said to Moses on Mount Sinai, speak to the Israelites and say to them, once you enter the land that I am giving you, the land must celebrate a Sabbath rest to the Lord. You will plant your fields for six years and prune your vineyards and gather their crops for six years. But in the seventh year, the land will have a special Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. You must not plant your fields or prune your vineyards. You must not harvest the secondary growth of your produce or gather the grapes of your freely growing vines. It will be a year of special rest for the land. Whatever the land produces during its Sabbath will be your food. For you, for your male and female servants, and for your hired laborers and foreign guests who live with you, as well as for your livestock and for the wild animals in your land. All of the land's produce can be eaten Count off seven weeks of years, that is, seven times seven, so that seven weeks of years totals 49 years. Then have the trumpet blown on the 10th day of the seventh month. Have the trumpet blown throughout your land on the day of reconciliation. You will make the 50th year holy, proclaiming freedom throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It will be a jubilee year for you. Each of you must return to your family property and to your extended family. The 50th year will be a jubilee year for you. Do not plant, do not harvest the secondary growth, and do not gather from the freely growing vines because it is a jubilee. It will be holy to you. You can eat only the produce directly out of the field. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Will you join me in preparing to receive what God is saying to us today? Our respiration, the rhythm of inhaling and exhaling, is to breathe in and breathe out. Human bodies have been designed with this pneumatic power. Yes, to move air in and out, but also to move with the spirit, pneuma in Greek. Will you join me for one minute of following the spirit as it moves in and out of each of us? You don't need to change the way you're breathing, making it deeper, longer, or slower. Just simply continue breathing, but notice the feeling as you take in air and expand your lungs. And then notice the feeling as you send air out. I'll keep time. So all you need to do is to connect to the rhythm of breath that God has given you. My prayer is that we each feel more attuned to God's presence in this marvelous creature that is our bodies. I suspect sitting with your breath might have felt like a luxury. Maybe you don't ever sit and do that. Maybe you only do it as part of a practice of yoga. Maybe you do it in school as you practice mindfulness. Paying close attention to our bodies isn't something that many of us do regularly. In school, we might need to ask permission to use the restroom, and so we don't go as often as we feel the need or as soon as we feel the need. We're taught, we learn to hold it, and we keep doing it long after we finish our school years. In a full day of meetings, we squeeze in lunch or we don't eat at all. We find ourselves engrossed in a project for school or work or even play, and we realize our bowl of snacks is empty without savoring the contents. We feel thirsty, we reach for coffee, soda or juice. We sit 
until it's painful to stand. We stay awake while our eyes blur and burn and our thoughts become sluggish. In short, we force false rhythms on our incredibly engineered bodies, often because we allow, or we find we must allow, external forces like productivity and deadlines and performance and even other forms of leisure to define our priorities. Rest, pause, tending to biological needs have become rewards, not natural responses. All the while, God's fine creation persists in sending cues to the rhythms for which we were created. And we don't just demand productivity and deadlines and performance from the creation of our bodies. We ask it of the creation that is our earth. We ignore the cues the land sends and yet lament when fields don't yield. The glaciers melt. The rivers flood and the oceans surge and the places we have chosen to live are damaged. The land slides and rocks tumble and the places we have chosen to live are damaged. The earth shakes and the lava flows and the places we have chosen to live are damaged. We ignore the rhythms of this living planet and expect it to conform to our wishes instead. Admittedly, the readings we hear today, a segment of the Exodus story of the Ten Commandments and the initiation of the Jubilee from Leviticus are suggestive of another structured rhythm, one of rest every seven days, of rest every seven years, of rest after every 49 years. Importantly, as Professor W. Sibley Towner explains, the fourth commandment, verses eight through 11, springs out of an allegiance to God, the creator. The Sabbath is not presented as a day of worship, but rather as a day of cessation, blessed by God's own rest. Rest is therefore written into the very nature of things. In encountering the Creator on the Sabbath, Israel could hope to recover a right relationship with the created order. To honor the creation of your body honors God. To honor the creation that is the land honors God. To do so means attuning our attention to the ebb and flow that persists. When we start with our own bodies, we notice our own breath and give thanks. We notice where muscles are tight. We notice clenched fists and clenched jaws and tight chests and low-grade headaches. And then we tend 
to their causes. We notice the desire for water and we drink. We notice the feeling of satisfied hunger and we put away what remains. When we notice the desire for motion, we stand, we stretch, we shift, we walk, we run or dance or swim. We notice the need for rest and we rest. We notice the urge to feel touched by another human, by a pet, by something soft, by something warm, by something cool, and we satisfy that touch. When we start with the land, we notice what is unnatural, what forces the land to conform, what plants and animals have lost habitats, where the industrial waste contaminates the earth and poisons the water, where the garbage collects in the oceans, where the oil pollutes nature, where the demands of the powerful have run roughshod over the land and over those without power. The response is not so simple as a glass of water, a stretch, or several deep breaths. To honor the creation that is this planet in order to honor God will take collective voices and collective actions demanding that God's justice for all God's creation roll down like clear, refreshing, renewing waters. To honor God's creation of our bodies is not merely tending to the physical. Our souls cry out in rhythm too. We hear their echoes in Ecclesiastes. There's a season for everything and a time for every matter under the heavens, a time for giving birth and a time for dying, a time for planting and a time for uprooting what was planted, a time for killing and a time for healing, a time for tearing down and a time for building up, a time for crying and a time for laughing, a time for mourning and a time for dancing, a time for throwing stones and a time for gathering stones together, a time for embracing and a time for avoiding embraces, a time for searching and a time for losing, a time for keeping and a time for throwing away a time for tearing and a time for repairing, a time for keeping silent and a time for speaking, a time for loving and a time for hating, a time for war and a time for peace. Jesus healed, Jesus prayed, Jesus led, Jesus slept. 
Jesus taught. Jesus ate. Jesus raged. Jesus wept. Just as we are called to live in rhythm with the cues of our bodies, the rhythms of our souls signal to us. Our souls seek the practice of worship. Our souls desire time in prayer. Our souls yearn for truth-telling. Our souls long for connection in community. Our souls need to extend care to others. Our souls require that we extend care to ourselves. And it's easy to find in the ministry and life of Dr. King, which we celebrate this weekend, examples of ways to respond when our souls compel us to act, to march, to vote, to speak out and up for justice, when our souls burn with righteous anger, when our souls crave peace for all peoples. Even Dr. King felt tension between heating his soul and heating his body. Our Committee on Anti-Racism and Equity will lead an exploration of Dr. King's Loving Your Enemies sermon for the February Love Every Neighbor event. Dr. King opens the sermon saying, I am forced to preach under something of a handicap this morning. In fact, I had the doctor before coming to church, and he said that it would be best for me to stay in bed this morning, and I insisted that I would have to come to preach. So he allowed me to come with one stipulation, and that is that I would not come in the pulpit until time to preach, and that after, that I would immediately go back home and get in bed. So I'm going to try to follow his instructions from that point on. Alongside all his powerful works, in all his humanity, Dr. King too struggled with tending to the ebb and flow of rest and action. I imagine he would say the perniciousness of poverty and racism and militarism did not allow him to rest. And yet, and yet, Jesus healed, Jesus prayed, Jesus led, Jesus slept, Jesus taught, Jesus ate, Jesus raged, Jesus wept, in all of God's creation, there is an ebb and a flow, an innate stopping and starting and stopping again and starting again. It's right under our very noses, easily detectable when we commit ourselves to heeding these natural rhythms over and against the ones suggested and demanded by industriousness and productivity, even the ones demanded by injustice and abuses of power. 
Presbyterian pastor and author Lynn Bob recalls that in Exodus, we are commanded to model ourselves after God who rested on the seventh day of creation. Like God, we can pause to rest because the earth is so abundantly provisioned by God's bounty and generosity. We rest to remember and affirm God's provision for us and God's care for the entire creation. Indeed, to follow our God is to follow this ebb and flow. Trisha Hersey, a black woman who founded the Knapp Ministry, explains, I began experimenting with rest as a tool for my own liberation and healing. My rest as a black woman in America, suffering from generational exhaustion and racial trauma always was a political refusal and social justice uprising within my own body. This is about more than naps. Rest pushes back and disrupts a system that views human bodies as a tool for production and labor. It is a counter narrative. We know that we are not machines. We are divine. May all of our rest and all of our action be in God's image, be for the furthering of God's will, be to God's glory. Amen. Thank you for listening on our podcast or through our YouTube playlist of sermons. Be sure to forward this message to someone who you believe is seeking God's word today.